Welcome to episode 117 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent. As always, I'm joined here by Jason. And this week we've got Lips from Anvil. Yes, we sure do. That's a pretty cool thing, I think. You yeah. know, we've both been fans of these guys for a while now. And very cool to have him on. They came through Oklahoma City here a couple weeks ago. And we had the chance to not only see him, but sit down and talk with him. Yeah, yeah, for like 30, 40 minutes. We got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into all that here in a bit and okay. talk about that some. But first, what's up? What's new? Gene Simmons? Um, <laughs> Just some guy named yeah. Gene Simmons, whatever. Well, if you're listening to this for the first time because you're an Anvil fan or you stumbled across this, our last episode featured Gene Simmons. Very happy to be able to say that. Yes. Of course, you know he's from KISS. Well, this garnered some news as you would ex- expect it would because it's Gene Simmons. He's always quote-worthy. A couple different things got picked up, but the main thing was the streaming talk and his thoughts on that. And I'm kind of hoping that this keeps spiraling out of control like the Rock is Dead thing did. Yeah. Which it got taken completely out of context, and people read a headline, don't read a story, and act like jerk-offs and idiots. But I'm hoping that you're getting further interviews from other people than comment on it, because that can only benefit this podcast. There you go. (laughs) So, wow, you're really all about... about the podcast, aren't you? How selfish, Trent. Hey, that's what we're here Wait, to Wait, hold on. Promote ourselves. Uh, yeah, never mind. That's what we're... Anyways. Do you want me to take your name off the featuring part? No, no. Since you don't care? Brain fart. Okay. I need another beer. <laughs> well, one cool thing is when tons of people are sharing this, you notice random music sites, people, whatever, John Connolly shared it on his yes. fan page. and From Seven Dust. Yeah, and he had a long response basically and he went into great detail and he he didn't really re, he wasn't <coughs> really rebutting what simmons said but in a way he kind of was he mm. had an opposite view from someone that's successful as well he had a great he, viewpoint on it yeah and it was a good read you know so go to john Connolly's fan page and check that out and yes you know hopefully we can hear more about that in the future yeah i mean it, it's it, and it comes from a guy that's you know uh, a little younger and has a different kind of experience and a different uh, take on these things. And, you know, nobody's right or wrong. Everybody's just got a different opinion on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, this people's opinion on these Spotify and stuff like that's been around for several years now, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. That's right. Because that's, right. that's basically the new norm now. And, and it's good to discuss all this stuff, you know, good or bad, you know, whichever side you're on. Yeah. Because you've even heard a lot of people... Like Jamie Josta, for instance, was an adamant, outspoken against it for quite a while. Yes. And then he just like, at one point, just turned and said, you know, you can't fight it. Mm-hmm. So embrace it. And, you know, he had his reasons. That sounds like it's yeah. he wasn't giving in. But I mean, yeah. for me, <clears throat> you have to understand that, yes, it kind of started out with internet piracy and it was illegal. And yes, that sucked. But, you know, it it happened, and it's not changing, and it totally turned the music business on its ear. And so now you just have to go about it a different way. Yeah. You know? Find whatever works for you. Whatever works for you, you know? I mean, you really, you're, you're the old model just isn't going to stand up anymore. I'd, I'd love for it to, but it's not. So you just have to find a different avenue. Yeah. Well, before we get into other stuff, let's play some music. Yeah, definitely. We got a song here that actually came out last year, summer of 2016. 
Okay. From a band called Hell Mary. Nice. And this was their debut song. It's their only song as of now. It was meant to be a one-off project, but, you know, maybe they'll do something again in the future. I hope yeah. they do. Well, we'll get into more about this, but this features John Gallagher of Raven. It features Sid Falk, formerly of Overkill, and Bobby Gustafson, also formerly of Overkill. Yes. Got this badass trio. It sounds like it's going to be badass. Well, let's find out if it is. This is called The Hell and Back.
to hell and back from hell mary like i mentioned earlier a trio featuring john gallagher on bass and vocals from raven then you've got bobby and sid both formerly of overkill they were in overkill during their basically their heyday yes and you know on like their three most successful albums and speaking of, we had Sid on this podcast at one point yes. early on, and it's quite a good one. Like a Go two, back and check that out. A long two-part episode. It's way back there. And he actually, he kind of alluded to this in that, this yes. is before that came out. But anyway, this came out last summer. You can go to CD Baby or iTunes. Go to the Hell Mary Facebook page, and there's a link on there. Click on it. You can go buy this, and when you buy it, the cool part about it is all the money goes to Help the medical expenses for Sherry Pogue, who's a resident here of Tulsa. Her husband, Steve, is in the band Infectus 13 with Sid Falk. So that's kind of where the relation comes into this. And she was in a motorcycle accident in 2015, I believe. And I know she's doing better now, but of course, she incurred a ton of medical expenses because she was not doing good there for quite a bit. Yes. But anyway, it's, back to the song. Yeah, it's a great cause. Go, uh, go, yeah. go support it. Yeah, this this song just when you think of Overkill and Raven, you think of badass, pummeling metal. That's right, and that's exactly what you got right here for yeah. five minutes plus. I mean, hello, this is heavy metal. When you look up heavy metal in the dictionary, there should be it should be this song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got two. You got half of half of the classic lineup of one of the greatest thrash bands ever. Yes. Then you've got the voice of Raven who is another, you know, amazing band. And you're actually going to hear more about him whenever Lips starts talking here in a bit because he yes. brings him up a couple of times. But, yeah, I mean, you, just on paper, this sounds like it should be badass, and I love that when you hear it, it completely lives up to it. Yes. It's just pummeling. His vocals and parts of it are, you know, I think you mentioned to me, you know, you thought that was a guitar for a second at later yeah. on in the song. and It's then, just soaring. It's like, wow, <laughs> you know, this guy can do it, man. And that classic Sid, just like pounding thrash, you know, drums. He's mm. one of the best there ever was in that category. So it's just really cool to see Sid and Bobby working together because it's been so long and to pull this off. And I hope, I hope, like I said, maybe they'll do another song down the line. Definitely. Once again, Hill Mary, look that up on Facebook, follow him and go buy this because it's for a good cause. One thing to throw in the other day, the Miss Rocklahoma nominees yes. were announced. I don't know any of these people except for Jen, Jen Henriksen. We've talked about her before. We talked about her last year. Go on there and vote for her. Definitely. It's that simple. She's the only one you need to vote for. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, a few of these other nine girls are nice people, but I don't care. <laughs> and this, the good thing about this, people, is this is easy. This isn't like KMOD.com. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when they did this Rocklahoma Madness thing where you had to, like, sell a kidney and sign a lease on your house and... Spend 42 minutes on the fucking web to make a vote. It's just idiotic. Well, Rocklahoma.com has this simple procedure where you click vote for Miss Rocklahoma. It pulls up a page with 10 buttons and you pick one and vote. It's that simple. Imagine that. Yeah. How hard is that? Imagine how simple something normal can be. That's right. But anyway, right. like we said, you go on there. One of the choices says Gen H. You click that. Vote for her. That's right. And then get on Facebook and follow Jen Henriksen Tattoo Model fan page. Yep. I did. I know you did. Yeah, I did as soon as I saw it. Bam. And I'm not sure. I think this is one of those things you can vote once a day. Okay. Or something like that. So keep doing it. We'll 
probably tell you about it again the next episode or a few more before Rocklahoma gets here. We've got, what, six more weeks or so? I can't Five wait. Five and a half, I, I think, can't at wait. this point. Yeah. Get me out there now. Yeah, that's going to be a, a good one, I think, this year. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. What else we got? The other night I saw Less Than Human and God in a Machine okay. at Billy and Renee's here in Tulsa. Pitter Splatter was also on this bill, but I didn't. fortunately did not make it there in time to see them. But I heard they were badass. And they were there the rest of the time hanging out, rocking to both these other bands. And I always love whenever I see bands doing that. That's right. But they're out of Stillwater, I believe. And then God in a Machine is out of Enid. And then, of course, Lesson Humans here out of Tulsa. Of course. And first off, God in a Machine, I've seen that name for a while, but just never... Never heard them or seen them or anything. And I looked at their Facebook, you know, after I saw them last night. It said that they've been together since 1994. Wow. So 23 years. So that's probably why I'd seen the name at some point. But Yeah. And I didn't, you know, didn't know what to expect and got in there and they kick it off and it's like industrial style metal. It's not really industrial in the sense that like Nine Inch Nails or something, but it's industrial metal in the sense like, say, Rammstein or someone is. Okay. Where it's more metal tins, but it's got the industrial elements and the programming stuff going on in the background. But, you know, they had the full, of course, a full band, guitar, bass, drums, and vocalist. And, you know, they just kick it off. They're they're covered from head to toe and stuff, you know, like apocalyptic kind of gear and whatever else. You know, it's kind of like a weird mix between if you saw a picture of Gore and a picture of Slipknot, kind of somewhere between the two. (laughs) And then the first song, he's up there and he's got a big steel cock. Yes. And he's got a, what was it, like a, what do you call that, a grinder thing? And he's like hitting the, the metal cock and sparks are flying out the stage. And oh, it was, Lord. And it it didn't come off like something corny or anything. It it worked for the music. It looked good. Their their gear was good. And I was like, hey, man, these guys are doing it. You know, how, how have I not seen this before? I saw the video of it. It looked dangerous. Yeah. It looked dangerous. Yeah, I wasn't right in front, so I didn't get hit by no sparks. But <laughs> Sprout from Screen Red Mutiny was there, and he was saying the same thing. He's like, man, how did I have not seen this before? Or, these guys are badass. And yeah. So it was cool to cool to get exposed to these guys, and you know, hopefully we might get to play some music from here soon. There you go, yeah. Following them was Less Than Human, and we've spoke about this a few times that, what's the right word? My, uh... The, the bands that have eluded me in the Tulsa area are less than human in Oklahoma. Yes. And I saw this, that they were doing this here in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, I'm going to be here no matter what. Finally see them. You had seen them before. Several other people have told me how great they were. And, you know, I finally got to experience it. And it was fantastic. Good. Good. I'm glad you finally got, got out there to see it. Yeah. It's just cool to see, you know, four people that are like younger what are they their early 20s i think and they're full of energy you know they all have a good stage presence and they just own every song you know like chase is going nuts you know up there singing screaming and he's got a great powerful voice and you know all three of them are the other three are putting complete energy into it and she's got an amazing guitar sound Brittany does that you know holds this whole thing together yeah the end of the set um I feel bad. I forgot the drummer's name. He, you know, he jumps up and he's hanging on the rafters, you know, and like hitting the drum. You know, it's just, you know, the, they, 
not only they have great music, they put on a great show, and it's always great because a lot of times you see someone that puts on a great show that doesn't have the music to back it up, you know, and these guys have both. Well, they've, yeah, they've got everything to back it up. Like I've said, it's a national vibe when you see them. Uh, you feel like uh, you feel like they're from somewhere else, or they're, or it's just like this, you know, boiling, bubbling thing that's just about to explode. You know, I, I can't wait to see where these guys go. Yeah. Cool thing was they were in there. I walked in there, and there was a good crowd for a Thursday night. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't go on till close to 11, I think, or 1045, and it was still a good crowd. And there was half the people in there had on less than human shirts. Yeah, I mean, that's what I noticed. I mean, they've got a great following, and that that really is key. I mean, yeah. it really is. And other people came out for it. Like I said, Sprout was out there. Doug from Machine in the Mountain was out there. Um, Andy from Fist of Rage was there. Nice. You know, everybody just came out to see these guys because they're... They're that damn they, good. Yeah, they've got a buzz about them, too, you know? That's right. So I'm glad I finally got to see it. Well, we got anything else we want to talk about? Well, yeah, we do. Okay. The other day marked seven years since we lost the almighty Peter Steele. <coughs> so without getting, like, too deep into it, you know, just throwing that out there, we're both... Admittedly, diehard typo negative fans. Diehard. It's just weird to think it's been seven years already. I know it felt like it was just the other day. Yeah, you gotta wonder, you know, what he would have been doing today, you know? Yeah, because that last album that they did in um, was two thousand eight or seven, two thousand seven. Dead again was my favorite album since Bloody Kisses. Oh, I mean, man. I almost it liked it better a... than October Rust, and a lot of people yeah. say that's their favorite album. You know, it was. I, I don't know. It's like hard to say they never took a dip. Yeah, but that album was such a return to form in the same at the same time though. God, I love that album. Yeah, and you know, it, it sounds kind of morose, but you know that was a good album to end on. True. <laughs> Not that we wanted them to end on end on anything, right? Well, like you said, wonder what they'd be doing. I'm sure they would have had another great album by now. Yeah, and you know, I always thought it would have been cool if. You know, the other three, like, started a band and played that, you know, that style of music yeah. with Kenny singing and the style that he sang in. Yeah. Because all those songs, you know, had those awesome vocals from him as well. And if you just heard a full song with nothing but him singing, that'd be cool as hell in my yeah. opinion. Well, you know, there's, what was it, Seventh Void. Yeah, but it wasn't, but it didn't sound yeah. like Typo Negative, yeah. you know, it sounded True. like Black Sabbath kind of. Yeah. Well... Maybe one day when we have Kenny Hickey on here, we can talk about that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we'll plan on it. Yeah. The The story of the day is Lips from Anvil. Yes. Like we said, we saw Anvil at Thunder Alley in Oklahoma City. Shout out to that place. Tony Proctor yeah. brings in a lot of great shows there. Always it's, putting on killer shows. And it's a cool place to see shows. Yes, it is. Very intimate. And we talked about a little bit about this a couple weeks ago because we had Night Demon on the podcast. Yes. Two or three episodes ago, and they are on tour for Anvil right now, opening the, and, you know, go back and check that out. It's an f- episode with all three members. Killer band, and they put on an amazing set. You know, so happy to, to see them. Yeah. You know, and their their rise that's beginning, and their new, their new album actually comes out this Friday. Yes, definitely. Darkness Remains. So get on that. If you love old school metal, you'll absolutely love this. But Anvil took the stage and we've seen them before we know it's going to be good and it it was you know and 
It was he, you know, lips ran out in the crowd immediately and started to soloing. That's right. Um, you know, everybody was into it. Everybody was cheering. They even noticed that, you know, you know, it wasn't usually like, oh, you know, you're the best crowd on the tour so far. They really felt it, I think. You know, they really they meant it. Yeah, he commented about that, that a few times. Yeah, and it yeah. it seemed like he was naturally happy you know with yes. how, how well the crowd was responding you know i mean yes, it's not right. a huge place there was a decent amount of people in there but everybody was enjoying themselves and going rocking out wherever that's right but yeah i mean they're they're such a good live band and you can't go without mentioning how amazing rob reiner is oh man that guy's a beast on the drums his solos just youtube rob reiner's drum solos you'll be a better person for it yeah the guy is just an animal <laughs> and something to point out to go with that is that, you know, we were standing kind of the side and where bands had their gear and Dusty, the drummer for Night Demon, was over there packing up stuff, yeah, <laughs> getting stuff ready to go out after the show. And once Rob's drum solo started, he stopped and walked up to the stage yeah. and watched the whole thing. And then he stepped back and he turned around and he said to me, that never gets old. <laughs> and then he went back to packing stuff up, you know? That's right. So as a drummer that sees this several times on a tour, he st still stops and pays attention every single time. It, you know? Yeah, it, 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 that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. But yeah, Lips talked to us here for, I think it was 40 minutes almost. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we cover all kinds of stuff. He goes into great detail about some stuff. And, I mean, we get an update on the stolen vibrator. But nice. That's, that's nice. the least of the important stuff. We get a lot of... <coughs> Music talk from him, and like I mentioned, Raven, and he talks about his guitars and um, all kinds of stuff. The, you know how great Chris Robertson is for this band, and all kinds of stuff. So. Which he is, yeah. And he's a he's another guy. You know, we didn't mention on the live show. It's just a joy to watch. You know, he you the guy's just like one of those guys that's exuding happiness. You yeah. you can tell he loves what he's doing. He's extremely happy. He's enjoying himself, and you know, just like Lips is, and the three of them together just form this kick-ass trio man. ball of energy yeah if you haven't seen that documentary by now if you're a, a rock fan i'm shocked because yeah you know everybody talked about it when it came out because it's you know it's one of those documentaries that even if you're not in the metal which if you're listening to this i assume you are <laughs> you would love so i definitely urge you to go get the the anvil documentary from 2008 and check this thing out and hopefully we'll end up seeing that that sequel that they've been talking about yes yes i would hope so well, before we get into this, go to thethunderunderground.com, go to all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, follow us, like us, all that great stuff. If you've got a band and you want us to review your music or play your songs, all that kind of great stuff, it's thethunderunderground at gmail.com. And one more thing to mention that I should have thrown out earlier, but Saving Abel is coming to town yes. this coming Saturday to Tulsa. And I know that's kind of a random thing to throw out right before Anvil, but I'm throwing this out there because there's some great local support and Oklahoma support. We got Chase and Jenny from Oklahoma City. Then we got Grind and Driver from Tulsa. Yeah. And Driver has put up a couple tickets they want us to give away. And there's a contest going on right now on our via our Facebook page. So get on there and Hit it up for two free tickets, and not only that, there's a prize pack that comes with it. Yes. It includes Thunder Underground stuff. we got a t-shirt, koozie, magnet stickers, and then you've got driver goodies, which include a driver t-shirt, some of the, a couple of the driver rubber wristbands, 
and then a pair of Mike D. Petrillo's signature Silver Fox drumsticks. Yes. And he said he would sign them in person for you if you wanted them. And of That's course, right. you'd take pictures with him in the band. So that, that is a prize pack with the mostest. Yeah. All that stuff's great, you know, just for those those sticks and meeting driver, you know, is well worth all of it. Exactly. exactly. The fact that you get free tickets to see these guys live <coughs> and see Saving Abel, who also put on a good live show. There you go. Get on our Facebook and follow that. Do it. Well, I think it's time we should get into this. This is Lips from Anvil. Fucking no, I never no. got it back. Uh, I got a, ba- a piece of it back, and who knows? It doesn't matter. I got two more extra ones. <laughs> right. I went and bought them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I haven't got my silver bullet, but what <laughs> else? What oh well. <laughs> so did you find out, was it just someone backstage who just ripped it off and ran? Or? It was a girl. She got filmed. It's oh, up really? on the internet. <laughs> you can see her stealing it from behind me. Gosh. I'd hate to be her, man. I'll tell you that. She had guts. Not smart, but she had guts. Well, I mean, think about it. You're stealing a vibrator that you use on a guitar. You're never going to use it yourself. (laughs) Now you let the public know that you did it. I mean, that's a pretty embarrassing... Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Unless she's a little sick and she is wanting to use it. Hey, first she's time. In, hey, there's always a first time for everything. I've yeah. never had it stolen like that before. Yeah. <laughs> Not from on stage. Yeah. It went right up on the stage and grabbed it and put it in the purse. <laughs> God, that's crazy. Well, we were actually at a show in Fort Smith on the Hope and Hell tour when you played that hotel conference room. It was like a hotel. It was an actual conference room. And I remember on stage you said, well, this is the first... Oh, okay. Yeah. I know which. Pl- I know what I place you're talking. I think it was a Holiday Inn or something. Yep. I know. What, I know exactly where you're talking about. And they set up a stage in there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, wasn't was, bad. Yeah. I mean, it sounded good. I thought. There's yeah, nothing really was wrong with it. Yeah. No, it's good. Was it? Uh, what kind of other weird venues have you played? <laughs> you name it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Just about any play anywhere, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you can set up gear there, we've done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. In forty years, I've seen just about everything. Yeah, as long as people show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything from the back of a transport truck to <laughs> stages, yeah, kitty yeah. corners, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing a quote from you once where you said you played a show where not a single person showed up. Was that, I mean, is that accurate? Like, no one was there? I don't right. remember if it was... Yeah, um, a number of years ago, I guess it must have been like 98, we came down to Los Angeles and got really excited. We're going to play in L.A. Well, we show up to the club. It's like this fucking, sort of like a strip mall like this. Yeah. We load in, get ready to play, no one shows up. The promoter was actually the singer of Hyrax. 
<laughs> you know the band High yeah, Rise? Yeah. That's who the promoter was. No, no. So what did he do? He set up a nice couch in front of the band. He said, play for me. Oh, he still got paid. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was his plan. He wanted a private show. <laughs> right. He felt really bad. Yeah. yeah. I, you, know, you can't just put on a show and not tell anybody you're there. It just yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> he hoped the word of mouth would work. But you know 10 people. What is it going to multiply yeah. by? Yeah. yeah. Maybe 10. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. I don't even think his girlfriend showed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so how far is, how's this tour been going so far? Oh, it's been okay. Good, right? Yeah. How much, uh, how much longer you got left on this run? About a week. Okay. Okay. You've been out for about a month now. Yeah. Right on. Right on. I saw you got, what, you're doing a Canada run and then like, are you doing Europe this summer or? No, no. we're going to record. Okay. We're going recording in August, so we've left a couple months to uh, sew up all the loose ends, with, finish the lyrics, and mm. get ready. You know. So is that shooting for a 2018 release, or would it be like? Yeah, this year? no, no, it'd be like January 2018. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, speaking of this tour, you know we're. Big fans of Night Demon. We had them on the podcast recently. Okay. How did you guys uh, come across them, or was it suggested to you by someone else? Uh, they they went out with friends of ours. We went out with Raven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they really worked hard to get Raven out, you know, to get them the dates. Yeah. Like Jarvis booked all the dates for them. Okay. So it seemed to, you know, when the agents and said, well, why don't you get Night Demon? I said, sure, why not? Sounds like they're pretty connected. On days off, they can book their own shows and fill their time, right? Yeah, yeah that hard work speaks. Yeah, you know, and the promoters, everybody involved was willing to pay for the extra to have them on there, so that says a lot, too. Yeah. It's not like you're buying on. Yeah, you're actually getting paid, so it's a good thing. Definitely. Yeah, sure. I wanted to ask, uh, you know, I noticed you, you play those October guitars. Yeah. This one, I, I think they look, they look freaking awesome. I like your model and like Doyle's. How did you uh, go with that company? Raven again. Really? <laughs> That's all Raven, yes. Yeah, John, okay. John Gallagher from Raven. Okay. Yeah, okay. he introduced me to Tony Light from, uh, who owned October Guitars, and the guy made me a few. Really? Well, he made 10 of them. He's out of business. He did a kind of a stupid thing. He had like five or six of them left and didn't tell me. Why he didn't tell me, I don't know. Like, I don't get that. So I've been buying them from people who bought them from him. Oh, wow. There's only 10 of them and he's out of business. So I want them all. If I can get them, why not? But then having said that, I've only got about... 10, 15 years of life left in me anyway, so what's the difference? I'm 61. What what am I going to be doing when I'm 75? I don't think I'm going to be doing this. I hope I will be, but... Yeah, definitely. Jesus. I don't know. That's great. Well, hang hang on to those. Those are great. Those are great looking guitars. Yeah, they're pretty special. 
Dean Guitars saw them and made a replica. Really? Yeah, I saw a picture of Michael Schenker playing one. And I went, I went just about fucking lost a fuse. You know yeah. what I mean? I yeah. fucking pissed me off. Gosh. You know, with the lightning bolt fucking bolt, yeah. F-holes. And it's semi-hollow. Yeah, they made his this thick, but still, it's like, yeah. what are you guys doing? It, Come on. It is obvious. <laughs> He knows my guitar too. He's like, make me one like Lipsaz. I want that. I want to try it, you know. No, I'm sure we'll slap one together. No problem. <laughs> yes, that's great. I mean, it isn't trademarked. It isn't. I didn't patent it. So this, what are you going to What am I going to say? Yeah. Yeah, true. But uh, everybody knows where it came from first yeah. anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> Was it something, even though he's out of business, you could get him to make it anymore, you think? Or no? No, I don't, I don't, I'm not absolutely not interested in that shit. Oh, okay. I, I like the uniqueness. I want to, I, that's why I want to own everyone that there is. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to else to have it. Yeah. Right. What's the point? Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. You know, let them get their own made. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I did. I had a vision and I had it made. That's. I've been using that kind of guitar for better part of 35 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, I modeled after the Gibson 335, right? Mm -hmm. With a with a same basic fundamental ideas as a 335 uh, half block. What do I mean by half block? It's the block only the block of wood in the in the hollow body only goes as far as the bridge yeah. so that the top section is all hollow you want it to be a hollow body right if you put a hunk of wood through the whole thing it's all you got is a solid body with some hollow stuff on the <laughs> on the side that's not yeah that's not hollow no, no not at all. <laughs> well you mentioned uh, john gallagher had you heard that song he did with Hail Mary with Sid Falk no um, I was talking to Sid Falk the other day about playing this song on our podcast because he lives in the town we live in he mentioned uh, you guys were great to say hey so there you yeah. go yeah we've been really good friends with Raven since since the very beginning of the yeah the metal scene really yeah you know all relatively the same age you know yeah We'll, uh, Same geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 from you know, from the the, the late seventies to now, I mean, what, what do you see the differences, you know, or, or what stayed the same really? Well, I think most of the metal scene went down the shitter. Yeah. Um, a couple bands made it with Cookie Monster vocals, and then you got a thousand and one copies of the same garbage. Yeah. 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 Well, they couldn't copy Iron Maiden because singing like Bruce Dickinson is really fucking hard. Yeah. So, but singing like a cookie monster is really easy. <laughs> so, that's the direction it went. Yeah. You ask these guys, why are you doing that? Well, we can't get a singer. <laughs> so, what does that mean? Pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you have a good singer, the guy's singing like cookie monster. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. I don't get it. Yeah, can't even understand the words. No melody, no solid riffs, tuning down your guitars to fucking dog shit. 
sorry, man. I I don't. I can't relate. Yeah. I can't relate. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's that it's no good. To me, it's no good. That's not to say that it's no good. I don't know who they're selling to. Quite frankly, I hope I don't sell to the same people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah, well, I don't know what am I. What can I say? But that's how I see what happened to the metal scene. There's a few holding on, mm-hmm. and there's a few that care about singing, and I think those bands will excel a lot further than anything else. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because they're going to get radio play. It's just it's just more palatable for the human ear to listen to somebody singing rather than yelling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's I mean, it just makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's refreshing when I hear a new band that's singing, because you know you don't like you just said you don't hear that very often. Like I, it's, I, it's I don't, nice. I don't get, I don't it's get nice. the whole concept. You know, you you put a band together, you make it so you, you some of them wear makeup. You can't tell one guy from the other, and then you can't read their logo, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you can't understand what their lyrics are. You go, well, I know that song that goes. How does it go? Yeah. What are the words? Who is it by? Yeah. What the guy look like that sang it? Can't relate to it. There's no hook. There's no yeah, punchline. There's no. It's like jokes without a punchline. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You hear one about the farmer's <laughs> daughter, and that's all you know. <laughs> and their their logo looks like a bunch of branches. Yeah, that's right. It's just like you can't you can't make anything out. Um. I always wondered if those guys were like trying to outdo the other band that you couldn't read their logo to make theirs even harder. They might. They might. <laughs> no, it's it's actually what it is. It's it's going in the absolute opposite direction of commerciality. Yeah, that's yeah. what the whole where it really stems from. I don't want to be a commercial. I don't want to. Okay, but how far are you going to go where people don't know the name of your band or even know the name of your songs? Yeah. Isn't that going a little bit too far? Yeah. yeah. J- just I would say, so what are you doing it for then? Yeah. Who's going to listen to it if they, there's nothing to exactly. be redeemable or, or memorable? You, yeah. don't, you can't remember the name, you can't remember the song, you can't remember the members <laughs> of the band. What have you got? Yeah. It, it, it's, it doesn't seem to be... To me, it's nonsense. It's like they're going in the opposite direction just to spite it, you know. Yeah, yeah, for the sake of it. Yes, to yeah. the point of complete and utter obscurity. You're never going to get, you're never going to even get an opening gig. You're going to yeah. get nothing. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Like, I, I, I don't know, I don't understand it. I've, I've never been able to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I've wondered... I always like to ask guys like how they write when they write their lyrics. Do you write stuff before you hear music, or do you guys come up with music first and then you write? Does it? That? Well, for for what I'm doing, yeah, I write music first, generally speaking. Okay. And then I find I look for things that fit the sound of the music, and then I write the lyrics from hook line out. So the name of the song is the first thing that you got to come up with. What, what's the chorus? Yeah. Yeah. Bam, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> do you write a, do you and Rob write together or do you write separately and bring stuff together, that kind of thing? Or? 
Well, Rob plays drums. Right. So he's not going to really... I know some drummers write stuff, like Charlie Benante from Anthrax and stuff, but others just fill in the drum beat. Oh, well, you know, the guy who... The guy, if you're talking about Anthrax, the guy that's the, the real powerhouse musician is a singer, yeah. Joey. Yeah. Joey's the is the man. He can play drums and he can sing like a bird. Yeah. Yeah, he can. Yeah. That's that's where the that's the talent. Yeah. I saw him I we did a show with him uh, quite a number of years ago and Joey the singer didn't show up. We had Jack Frost on guitar. And Joey did all the singing from from the drums. Yeah. Wow. I, I've seen it this. It is fucking yeah. unbelievable. Like playing like a as good as Charlie, yeah. maybe better. Yeah. Like I almost, I almost wonder why, why you guys got Charlie. <laughs> you know, you don't even need the guy. Your singer can play drums just as well, and you might as well one less guy to pay. <laughs> is that why you guys became a three piece? One less guy to pay. Uh, well, I do the singing, so it's, uh, no, the, the second guitar became redundant. Yeah. It's, I haven't had a second guitar in, fuck, since, uh, 2005. Yeah, right. A long time ago, man. Yeah. It just seemed, made no sense. Yeah. You know, the guy wasn't coming to rehearsal or writing the songs with... Rob and the old bass player, but the guitar player came to record This Is 13 and didn't know any of the songs. Yeah, Literally did not know any of the fucking songs, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's we brought them with and it cost me money, cost the band money, got to feed and feed and pay him for being there and he's doing two guitar solos and <laughs> took fucking three days to do two guitar solos and three days I do the I did the rest of the album oh, man. it's like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> fucking stupid yeah. it's just stupid yeah. and you go and you play live and he turn his guitar so far down that you could barely hear it anyway if he did a guitar solo he'd, he'd fumble it because he's not doesn't didn't care yeah. you know um, there was a moment we had a great uh, second guitar player and he ended up leaving the band to go into uh, to join Overkill um, that was a one al album we did worth the wait probably the it has a, obviously probably the best lead guitar uh, work that we did but it, it changed nothing yeah changed absolutely nothing you didn't get one more fan and <laughs> make any difference. Yeah. <laughs> You're going, well, okay, we went through all that and all that extra time and effort, and it really doesn't make any difference. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. It just got to the point for me that it just cost me extra money. It's not what I really needed to find was the right bass player. Because once we decided to go three-piece, the bass player we had was a four-piece bass player. Yeah. That's not the same. That's not the same thing. Yeah. You, you don't just a three-piece bass player is a three-piece bass player. It's not the same thing as 
a four-piece bass player who is going to decide now I'm going to play three-piece. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. you got to change your sound. you got to change parts that you were playing so that it makes up for the lack of the second guitar. Not that easy. And if you're not that good, it makes it even harder. The second part, singing. Since the original band separated, you know, parted ways since we lost Dave Allison, we didn't have a second singer. Now, we had a guy who sang, but he's no, it was no second singer. And I pushed that to the limit, tried to get it as far as I could. It never really got any better. The tone of the guy's voice was not really conducive with mine. Um, and eventuality, well, of course, then the movie happened. He got super jealous of Rob and I because he'd been there for 15, 16 years and everybody's ignoring him. Well, he's never going to be an original member and I can't really change the fact that he was two years old when I started the band. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and the world doesn't, doesn't give you a free ticket just because you're hanging with the other guys. They're not going to say, hey, you're one of the original guys. He's not an original guy. And they wouldn't give him the recognition that he felt he deserved. You know, completely. You know, it's not a, not a, it wasn't a good vibe. Very, 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 uh, very, very, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of real frustration from him. And, you know, he wants, he wants what I have. I can't give it to you. You got to earn that yourself. I can't give it to you. You know that you want the recognition from the people. You want people, to, and and to tell you the truth, you'd play shows. No one would ever say anything about the guy. It was like he was invisible. You know, they come and ask, come up, and the guy's standing right there, and they bring the CD, sign my CD to me and to Rob, and they walk away. I can't make them. I hey, don't. You want his autograph? No. Not one of the original members. <laughs> what do you do about that? You can't do anything about it. So that crushed him and made it made his attitude really hard to deal with. You can imagine for Rob and I, you know, he's, he, he we're celebrating and he's like <laughs> carrying around a wet rag. It's fucking. So we were. You know, out touring in Europe. We came back from Europe. We were supposed to come down here to the States within three weeks. He goes, I quit. I go, well, what the fuck? We got a, we got a six, six or eight week tour in the States. We need a bass player. I'm not doing it. So we looked up a old friend who just had actually just happened to be there just happened to be around at the time and said listen man can you help us out and he helped us out but once again it wasn't really the right fit also a, a bit of um, ego problem you know this musicians can have huge ego problems man they, they don't even realize you, you can't make demands when you're not in a position to and um, he's looking for that position so once we began relying on him, he's going to give me more money. You know, it's like, oh, cool. 
<laughs> go make promo pictures and he goes what are you paying me to be for the promo pictures oh, man. whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, well, wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> you, you know what, what do you say yeah. what do you say to that it's not the right guy yeah. obviously it's not the right guy it's, you, you're not here for nickels and dimes and the fucking prod your bosses like that it's 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 like, you know, go. Well, why don't you come up? Why don't you come up to Canada to help us write the album? No. Okay. So we get we get the guy we have now to come in and be our bass player when this guy in the states won't come up. So we <laughs> right we writing and doing all the fucking work up in Canada, and then we go out and we go to on tour, and this American guy comes. And joins all along with the band, and he's not really uh, a member. Yeah, like an outside member. It's like the weirdest fucking thing. So I go, I go to our guy. I go, listen, man, why don't you just come with and roadie? He says, yeah, sure. Why the hell not? So he came with on a tour, on the whole tour with the American guy, and he's like, you know, every time the guy couldn't, no backups. Once again, no backup vocal. That's just horrible. He's like the wrong voice, wrong. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> Don't sing, thanks. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm doing all the singing myself. No, virtually no backups. You know, metal on metal. Go metal on metal. It's like little guy, right? Like, oh. Doesn't sound very manly. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we finished that. U.S. tour, and then we had to go to Germany to play a, a, a festival. Um, and he says, well, why don't you get get Chris to do it? You know, he's practicing with you every day, and you shouldn't have a problem. I'm going, God has helped me. <laughs> I didn't want to fire the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't need to do that, you know? Yeah. And what grounds? It needed the grounds. It was not that he wasn't doing his job. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it was better that I'm stepping back, let the other guy have the game. Okay, I'm good with that. And I'm, I got to tell you, man, the, the difference was far more than I expected. Way more than I expected. Because not only was the guy a much, much better bass player, his voice we actually got a guy who actually can sing and that a vo that his voice was completely he created that third voice and what I mean by that there's my voice there's his voice and then there's the voice of the two of us together that third voice and it's really similar to the original recordings that we did in the first three albums similar voice to Dave Allison hallelujah it only took 30 plus years to get back where we were. Right. And it, I mean, full, fully. And getting the right bass player, somebody who not only understands the music, but technically can bring something more than just fill in the bottom end. You needed somebody who's got that power of three. 
you know, where the third guy really counts. Yeah, Not just the fill-in, but when I back go and drop into lead, you got somebody that's really holding it down with the drums that you, can, you they don't become inaudible. They, you can hear what they're playing and you can hear what I'm playing and it creates a, a full, full sound and you don't miss the second guitar. Part of that has to do with the technique. He doesn't just use his fingers, but he actually uses his fingernails. So you get a very hard, uh, very, very hard edge, which the sound of that with Rob's kick drums, we've never, never had that in the anvil sound. And I'm, I'm just saying that on the whole overall picture, you can't, can't really compare it to what we, where we were uh, three years ago. You know, this this is a whole new thing, and it's as far as the personality, couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. You don't get this guy going. Where's my money for being in the promo picture? You know what I mean? <laughs> Was Chris a part of the writing process for the next album? I think. Well, we'll see. I think it will probably be more about the lyrics than it will be about the music because uh, I write. I write pretty much everything okay. and I share that with Rob now, Rob's been with me for for 45 years so there, there's a reason for that and I can't do it without him period and his opinion is the only thing that will change my direction when I write so therefore it deserves it deserves to get a cut of writing because in, in a certain sense, that's what it is. It's just like the Beatles were when Paul wrote a song and John sat there and go, I don't like that. He goes, oh, well, how about that? I like that. Now you got a hit. That's what it's about. Without that guy's second opinion saying, ah, oh, fix that. You, you haven't got the full thing. And it might be only small little bits, but those small little bits, you can't even quantize the difference at the end of the day. It's true. So th- th- that's the best way to explain it. Now, what will probably more than likely happen with with Chris is that we'll begin writing lyrics, and the more that he gets involved on that level, we'll give him royalties and give him credit. You know, I mean, that makes sense. You know, what I tried to do with the American guy previous to that, when we went in to go rec- record hope and hell I said look it you're not you didn't come up and help write and you really have no royalties coming to you but I'm going to give you a choice of two things either I'm going to pay you a flat rate for coming to the studio and getting the work done or I'm going to give you a cut I'll put you into the royalties Mm -hmm. okay let's see uh, royalties give me a give me a cut of your royalty advance whoa (laughs) hold on a minute that's not what I said. I didn't say you're getting a royalty advance or that you're getting paid anything. You're going to get paid when I get paid if the record sells and you're going to get royalties off it. That's the way it works. I'm not going to pay you and then give you royalties on top of it. What are you fucking talking about? Either you do it the way I I deal with it or you're going to do it the other way. So he brings a lawyer in, gets calls a lawyer and starts... The lawyer starts negotiating. Give this guy this, give him that, give him a a royalty advance. I said, okay, that's it. Off the table. 
Here's your money for your fucking recording session. Get the fuck out of here. No, I don't blame you at all, God. That's how that that's how that panned out. It's just constantly looking for the position of strong arm, give me more money. It wasn't about how can I become more important to Lips and Robbo and and become part of this 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 business rather than fucking I'm gonna take a crowbar at them and I'm gonna fucking pry my way in and and force them to pay me even when I don't deserve the money. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And I got a lot of anger and resentment towards that that shit because Look at it from my perspective. I've been doing this for 40 years. I gave my royalties to Dave Allison, Ian Dixon, to Glenn Five, to Ivan. I've given my, my, I'm writing all the fucking songs and these guys are getting royalty checks after they're long gone. I've had enough. Yeah. Okay? I've had enough. Definitely. You can understand where I'm coming from, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. If you owned a business and you were giving everybody the, a piece of your business and they keep quitting on you and they keep, keep collecting a piece of your business after they've left, you'd be resentful too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, that's the way the yeah. music business works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, so I'm talking about it in hindsight. Yeah. And I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I've got a final question for you. I saw a few months ago where you guys said that the next documentary is about halfway through. Is that still the status? Or they, you any they've on? got about, they've got 40 minutes of probably good footage. No. No. So, you know, I, I don't really expect anything to ever come of it. Oh, really? You know, like, you can... The, the whole movie industry is fucking shit, shit in the in the shitter too. Just like the music industry, everybody's fucking downloading movies. You can't fucking. How many fucking new movies are there? Just think about it. In the last fucking three four years, how many new movies are coming out every year? Not like it was. It used to be one a month, easy. You're lucky if you get it once a year now. Yeah. Right? A blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And look at what the fuck is the best movie of the year, this year. <laughs> a musical. <laughs> that was fucking shit. I went to see it. La La Land. Are I you fucking... Are you fucking... <laughs> that was fucking crap. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, not really seeing that. Oh, man. <laughs> Then there was the one that, that, that happened a few years earlier, Chicago, and also another piece of sh yeah. shit fucking... I, why is this, this stuff winning awards? Anyway, that's... <laughs> I, I, nothing with plot. You can't... There's no one... Uh, very few uh, good writers anymore, or good stories. Anything that, that's going on in the movie industry is remakes of the old. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not... Uh, it's a superhero so, movie or a remake. The thing is, do I expect do I expect them to? Is a move, big movie? I mean, what the director paid for that movie himself? Yeah. He, he doesn't want to do that again, so he's looking. He's looking for. He's looking for uh, finance from 
a movie company like like MGM or fucking Warner Brothers or what one of the movie houses, right? Yeah. Will they want to fucking part with money? Who's no? Who knows? It's a tough grind, man. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. You know, they looked at every all the documentaries that have come out since the Anvil movie. Not one of them has gone big. Nothing. We're like the only one. So then they're thinking, hmm, should we or shouldn't we make a sequel? Hmm. So that's where the that's where it all lies. Right. So is there going to be a sequel? Who knows? <clears throat> Who knows, man? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I I could, you know, maybe if worse came to worse, the director will put his own money again, out again, but. To be really honest, I don't really want him to do that. He already did that once. Yeah. Why does he want to? Why would he have to do it again? And he never made back all. You never make up back all your money. But what it did for his career, you can. It's like a fucking, like what he did for our career. Same thing. Yeah. You know, he went and did the Hitchcock movies. Got a new movie coming out with uh, called November's Criminals. I'm going to do a movie about Hervé Villagers, the, the uh, midget from Fantasy Island. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be busy. He's got, a, he's got a, a career and then some. So it's just, but it's just a question of, will a movie company want to buy it, want to, want to finance it? And it's not cheap. It won't be like a blockbuster. They're not going to cost $300 million. You're talking about probably less than a million to make a, a documentary. I don't get paid. Documentary documentary subjects never get paid. I'm not an actor, right? I don't belong to actor. I'm not, I'm not an actor. So, and it's doing my career such a huge favor I haven't really got the right to go hey <laughs> why don't you pay me too <laughs> you're making the biggest advertising campaign that ever existed now why don't you pay me <laughs> it's like that doesn't make sense ask him to pay you for the promo pictures <laughs> yeah right that's right I can do that yeah I can do that uh, you gotta bring it back around <laughs> yeah <Gosh>. that's right <laughs> well, and I'd, sure. they'd fucking he'd say no and I wouldn't get the movie made <laughs> right right oh man <laughs> so that's where that's that's the big question will there or will there not be who knows I'm not going to discount it I'm not going to say no I, I I don't know I don't know enough I'm not I'm not in that stream of of the business so I really don't know how to how to answer it now having said that the the you know the Anvil movie did extraordinarily well yeah um so it would be in their best interest and it's like if you guys are lacking stories out there and storytellers and writers, here's something that's really, that's a natural, living, breathing fucking story. Why not continue it? Yeah, true. People are going to be into You've got an automatic audience from all the people that saw it the first time. So it's got all those positive aspects going for it, but it's just a question of, Who's got? Who's going to open their wallet? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, and you know what America's like. It's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, uh, how cheap can I get this? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
There's the rub. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, you know, you're gonna get Warner Brothers and MGM arguing over fucking ten dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's true. True. <laughs> we appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks yeah, for no your time. problem. There you go. Lips from Anvil. Very cool interview. I thought it was cool. You know, a lot of times when we do these interviews at a show with a band that's on tour, you know, you don't get a lot of time because they've got stuff going on, load yeah. in, you know, set up, sound check, and of course, dinner and all that stuff. But he gave us 40 minutes of his time, and then he went and did another interview after we, we were done, I saw. Ooh. So, yes, we definitely He's appreciate a it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's then that's fine. That's good. That's great. That's what we want. That's what you need. Yeah. So thanks to Katie Irizarry of Freeman Promotions. She's always been amazing to us. Yes. We love her. And then thank you to Delilah, Anvil's tour manager. And of course, thank you to Lips. Thank you to Night Demon. And thank you to you guys for listening. That's right. This is an excellent show. I I think it actually, I think this tour wrapped up here this past week. Yes. Um, But I know Anvil's doing some canadian dates i think coming up and if you get a chance to see him do it you know you even if you only know one or two songs i promise you'll love it but yeah so he had some interesting things to say you think he did yeah he did but i like guys like that that don't shy away from their thoughts no no they they just let it all out there Yeah. yeah well like i said earlier get on our facebook page and follow us it's backslash the thunder underground all these podcasts are on there. Other stuff's happening, and we've got this Saving Able contest going on right now where you can get a pair of autographed Mike D. Petrillo driver Silver Fox drumsticks along with two tickets to the show, some driver merchandise, and all our Thunder Underground merchandise. Yes. So that's a pretty big prize pack that's worth winning, I believe. Then that's, like I said, that's this Saturday. This Thursday, actually, April 20th at La Iguana Nightclub in Tulsa. We've got Nocturnal Winners One Year Anniversary Show. And at this show, they're also going to have Volition, okay. which is a great thrash band from around here. We've also got, um, crap, I just drew a blank on, I know there's a fourth band, uh, Obscure Sanity. Gotcha. And then Mr. Rogers Intergalactic Sexual Experience. That's right. And we've had Dakota and Trevor from that band on this podcast here a few months ago. So go back and check that one out. These are two dudes that are both young guys that have music knowledge beyond, I think, me or you probably. They do. You know, they maybe know not about glam metal, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> they know more than they know more than I'll ever. They've probably forgotten more than I'll ever know. <laughs> right. But these are both great guys. They've got this great experimental band. Mr. Rogers Intergalactic Sexual Experience, and they're actually playing their final show at this event. So you need to get out there and check this out. And, you know, of course, Dakota has other projects he's working on with Space Eyes and stuff, and I don't know if Trevor plans to do something else or not, but we'll let you know if he does. Definitely. We've also got the week after that is the, um, it's called the Pre-Rock Party. Basically, we're... DMG Productions is putting on this show with four of the bands that are playing the dark side stage at Rocklahoma. We've got Switchback, Caliber Theory, Red Devil Lies, and Crane Technique. And I'm excited because I haven't seen two of those bands. I haven't yes. seen Red Devil Lies or Caliber Theory. That should and be good. We know the other two are great. We've talked about Crane Technique multiple times. 
So get out there, check that out. That's at the Shrine in Tulsa on April 27th, or 28th, sorry. And then April 29th, back at Billy Renee's, we've got this amazing lineup of, what would you call it, just kind of stonery, groovy greatness. It's like Steve Ray said, Rifflahoma. Rifflahoma, there you go. <coughs> we've got Oklahoma Hombres. We've got Machine in the Mountain, both from Tulsa. Both those bands have been on this podcast. Yes. Steve Ray a couple times. And then we've got um, Custom Black out of Kansas City. Yeah. We played them recently, and their their album's phenomenal. I'm yeah, really excited. I can't, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. And I was talking to Sprout about that at that Lesson Human show, and he said that, you know, you're going to love it because he's seen them several times. Yeah. They played with Screaming Red Mutiny, and he's been friends with those guys for a while and their previous bands. So get out to Billy and Renee's to check this out. If you're in the Tulsa area, I mentioned Machine in the Mountain. They just got added to the OTEP show later this summer. That's awesome. At the Shrine in Tulsa. That's going to be a killer support slot for them. So get out there and check that out. We've mentioned them several times there. And then um, I almost said industrial, but that's <laughs> completely not accurate at all. Their right word is instrumental. Instrumental. Yeah. You could kind of call it progressive metal, but they go in several different ways. And yes. they're a joy to watch and listen to. And I think that's that's the rundown of shows coming up. Yeah, you know, in the, yeah, we got in the we soon, got it there soon this year. We've got <coughs> we've got Tom Petty next week. I know you're hitting that. I can't I'm wait. Still up in the air. I thought you got tickets. <laughs> I never did. Uh, well, I'm going because yeah. I've never seen him in my life, and he's yeah. on my list. He was on my bucket list forever up until a couple yeah. years ago. Yep. Well, we've got um, what was I going to mention? Alice Cooper's coming, so. That's May 4th. Yeah, and that's an, that's another one. Yeah, that's at the Brady. Well, we're at thethunderunderground.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at The Thunder Underground on YouTube. Click subscribe. We've got all these podcasts up there, but not only that, we have other stuff that is not podcast on there as well. We've got a show called Every Album in a Row, where we listen to every album in a row, in chronological order, every song from a band, and then we talk about it and how yes. the stuff flows together. If you listen to the entire catalog, we've done it for Pantera, Metallica, Megadeth, Guns N' Roses, Ozzy, and Van Halen. And we've also recorded a Motley Crue one that should be up in the next week or two. Yes, and... So be on the lookout for that. What are we working on next? Kiss is what we're going to work that's on. That's a we big have, one. We haven't started, but not yet. Not that's going to be a, a long haul. Yes, it will. But I'm up for it. Yeah. You know, it'll, I'm a strong man. I can do this. Yeah, it'll be worth it, I think. <clears throat> Outside of a couple albums, it'll be worth it. Yeah. And you know, that guy from Kiss, Gene Simmons, we just had him on our podcast. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. That was episode 116. Of course it was. Which came out a week ago. Of course it was. Yeah. So go back and listen to that. He had yes. some interesting things to say. Well, besides Gene Simmons and the bands that I've mentioned here in the last mm -hmm. few minutes, we've also had on guys from, I want to say, I want to say this up front because I realized the other day that we rarely ever say King. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know why we always forget to mention that because that wasn't, that was just a few months ago it and was. we both love King. They're fantastic. Yes. We've had Eddie, Eddie from King. Yeah. And that's, that's a good one too. He sang the song Far Away to Jason. Yes. It was great. It was amazing. Yeah. We've also had on guys from Nonpoint, Avatar, Sons of Texas, Soil. We mentioned Sid Falk, you know, formerly of Overkill. We had on Chris Broderick, formerly of Megadeth. 
Jason Todd, formerly of Shinedown. We've had on Kirk Winstein of Crowbar and Down fame. We've had on guys from Battlecross, Great White, Warrant, Europe, Trickster, Lillian Axe, Bullet Boys, Taiketo. That's the whole glam <laughs> section right there for you. He is legend. Yes. That's a that's one that wasn't that long ago, and that's another one I really enjoyed from a band that I'm kind of new to. That's right. That's and right. He had a lot of cool things to say, and you know we talked about Stevie Nicks, which was nice. So yes, it doesn't was... happen that often. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've run our course on this one. All right. Once again, go download that Hell Mary song. Go check out Anvil's new music. Check out Night Demon's new music. And until next time. I hope you got everything in. Oh yeah, yeah. That's and then great. I was negative on anything. I just said it like it is. That's all. Yeah. Just the honesty. There's nothing wrong with that. Thunder Underground, y'all.